The phoenix and the dragon in traditional Japanese tattoos symbolize harmony and power. That there is no inner strength without harmony. Brought to you by your two co-hosts, Brian Comstock, an e-commerce brand builder in the field of ergonomics with GetNeely.com. He's experimented with every form of scientifically validated human advancement, ranging from MDMA-assisted therapy, ayahuasca retreats, to peptides and stem cells. Scott Conway is a lead generation and sales expert who has a HIROS.com certified lead generation agency, LGG Media. He is a dragon. You can get stem cell treatments in the U.S. And, and Canada, but they're of a different type. So they'll use autologous stem cells from your own tissue. So like if, if you were to go to a clinic in New York or L.A. or wherever, what they would do is they would take stem cells from your own tissue, either your adipose tissue, which is basically like a liposuction procedure where they remove some fat and then extract the, uh, the stem cells, or they take it from your bone marrow. And the bone marrow is more, is more common. There's actually some question about the legality uh, of taking them from your adipose tissue, which is crazy because it's your, it's your own body and your own tissue. So. So most clinics will, will take cells from the bone marrow. The issue with that is one, it's invasive and painful. Number two, you're, just, you're limited by the number of cells that are present for extraction. And three, uh, the cells likely are not as efficacious. Someone who's like 50 years old, who's got, you know, whatever, chronic back pain or chronic knee pain, um, those 50-year-old stem cells are probably not as effective as, as the alternative, which is use stem cells from... Episode three, all right. All right. Phoenix and the Dragon. Um, Let's go. Very excited to bring uh, bring on our, our next guest. He is has a background in New York real estate finance. Um, he started an e-commerce business. Um, he's an IOG, done ayahuasca more than anybody that I know. Thirty nine coming in, thirty nine times strong, and mm -hmm. um, now he's starting a stem cell clinic. Mr. John Tarantino, how you doing today, sir? I, I'm excellent. Thanks for having me. And obviously, my co-host, Mr. Uh, Mr. Captain America, aka Brian Comstock. What's going on? Well, how are we doing, everybody? Yeah. Good to be here. <laughs> good to be. <laughs> good to be here. <laughs> yeah, good, good to be with my, you here. The inside scoop is you guys are both my good friends, so we're gonna have some fun today. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Um, feel free to just call me the IOG. Like, like outside of this podcast, just in general, like that, I'm, I'm cool with that. I think I'm, I'm, I'm going to change like all my social handles to that. The, I, the, I imagine they're free. That's great personal Instagram. branding. That's really yeah. good. Really good personal branding. We talk about that. We, Brian and I have talked a lot about that where it's like anytime that you can have two kind of totally opposite things or seemingly opposite things and then juxtapose them, it, it creates a, a really, uh, unique unique dynamic for example like full-time dragon or um yeah, yeah. full-time dragon being one of them spiritual gangster being another one brian's favorite okay. the, eth the ethical slut yeah i didn't i didn't come the up ethical slut who's is that you <laughs> Brian? Is that, are you the ethical slut what, who's, that's that's me that's neither what? me on both accounts but but uh no it's it's a it's a book that took off very well so i use that as an example of uh number one great marketing number two you know bringing together disparate concepts that kind of pattern interrupts people <laughs> okay i like it i like it yeah so John, walk us through how your background, like how did you, how did you go from New York real estate finance to starting a stem cell clinic? Walk us through your journey, sir. Yeah. 
Um, well, I mean, it started a while ago. Um, uh, I'm from Boston originally. I went to, uh, to UPenn, University of Pennsylvania, uh, for undergrad. Um, and after that, once I graduated, I went to, uh, to New York. And I lived there a t- total of uh, 15, 16 years. Long time, long time in New York. And uh, yeah, during that time, I mainly worked in, uh, in real estate finance, as you mentioned. Um, worked, I don't know, four or five different jobs. Um, everything from originating commercial mortgages, uh, worked at a private equity fund for a while that was focused on real estate assets. Uh, worked for a mezzanine fund that was also lending against commercial real estate projects. And then uh, worked for uh, a real estate developer as well. So I, I was in that that real estate world uh, for uh, for a long time, um, and all commercial stuff um, like hotels, apartment buildings, office buildings. And um, after a while, I just I wanted to do something of my own. I wanted to do something um, entrepreneurial. And so I guess the the more obvious thing would have been to go into uh, something real estate related. But um, one, I just wanted to change. I, I'd been in that world for about 10 years and was ready to do something different. Um, two, that is, um, it's uh, incredibly competitive um, and um, incredibly expensive to, to get involved. You have to, to raise very significant amounts of capital um, and uh, to be viable at all as a, as a real estate business based in New York. And so as I just thought about it, I was like, let's, let's try something different um, with a friend of mine we decided to, to um, try something in e-commerce, which, which I had never done before. And um, that was the wave, that was kind of early on in the direct-to-consumer boom when there were just brands popping up left and right for just you know, every, every product out there. Um, so I started a company, it's called Martinero. It's a, uh, um, actually it's still alive. It's, uh, it's a watch company, um, direct-to-consumer mechanical watches. And I was just someone, I liked watches. I was like a small scale collector, as was my, my business partner. And so we, uh, we decided to give that a go and um, worked on that. It took about a year and a half to launch. I was working another job at the time. And um, I remember we got, um, I think for about three months, I worked both jobs. I had uh, like a full-time real estate job and then had the e-com job. And then once we crossed like 20,000 a month or so in, in revenues. Um, I decided it wasn't totally irresponsible to, to quit my job and try to focus on that full time. So, um, so yeah, so I, I did that. And then I was still living in New York, but I, I had been there so long at this point. Um, I, I think I, I lived in New York for like a year or so while, while running the e-com business. And then I, I just realized I was like, wait, I can live anywhere. I don't, I don't have to be here. So um, yeah. So I, I uh, just started getting on planes. I lived in, uh, Buenos Aires, uh, two or three different times uh, for a total of about a year, which was really cool. Uh, Buenos Aires, then Mexico City, then uh, back to Buenos Aires, then Tulum, uh, Miami for for a little bit. Um, briefly went back to New York, and uh, but yeah, but I, I really uh, enjoyed living in these different cities in uh, in, in Latin America. And uh, I actually, and three years ago, I came to Medellin for the first time. I came for for I think a month and. I had a good time, although I actually never thought I'd come back. I, I didn't think it was it was going to be a long term home for me at the time. And um, so then, fast forward, I guess a year and a half ago, I had uh, I was living in Mexico City. I was liking it, not loving it. Um, and so I was totally fine there, but I was also open to to moving somewhere else. Um, I had heard about uh, this place that both of you guys are familiar with, La Ceiba, um, in outside of Medellin, where they do ayahuasca retreats. Um, so I, I gave that a go. I think it was March. Yeah, it was definitely, it was March of last year 
went, uh, came to Medellin for that retreat, stuck around Medellin for maybe a week after. And, and like the city, went back to Mexico. Um, my, the Aya, the Aya bug bit me pretty, pretty hard. And so I started uh, uh, coming back to Medellin quite a bit to do ayahuasca. I was back in May. And then I think I was back in July, which was right about the time I decided to, uh, to relocate here. Although even then, I, I wasn't, I didn't even think of myself as like living in Medellin at the, like last July. I, I just thought I was kind of staying here for just for a bit of time. Um, yeah, man. And then I, I continued to run the econ business, although it interested me less and less. And uh, from there, I, I just, I've had this longstanding, really intense interest in health and wellness. And it, it really, it goes back uh, 10 years or so, a little bit more stemming from my own health struggles. And uh, just the pieces started to, to slowly uh, come together um, to start up this business in, uh, in Medellin. And um, yeah, partnered with a, with a local doctor here. And yeah, we, are, um, we have a, a very soon to be launched health and wellness company with a focus on longevity and anti-aging. And our first product is, uh, is, is stem cells. We're, we're actually doing our first treatment a week from this Friday. Um, so um, yeah, pretty soon in our, in our clinic in, uh, in Medellin. So yeah, that's kind of, that's the high level of, of kind of where I'm at and how I got here. What were some of those, you, you said something re really interesting about those, those health struggles. Like what, what were some of those and, and how are some of the, what were some of the treatments that you have, you've done that have worked for you as well as like any science that you yeah. have to back that up? Okay. Yeah, sure. Um, so it started, um, let's see. I mean, I think we're going back. 11 or 12 years. And uh, I just had, had a few things um, come up all at the same time. Um, so one was just a, a physical injury. Um, I had like a pretty catastrophic back injury. Um, I had herniated discs in my back before. And I, I always had like minor trouble with my lower back, but I had a, a really, a really bad injury um, through a, a combination of bad luck and, and I'll put it on myself, bad decisions um, in, in not resting um, and not listening to my body. And it, but it was so bad. Um, I had chronic sciatica, which if you've ever had it, it's, it's a, uh, it, it's, it's not fun. It, it feels like there's a fire burning in your leg basically that you can't put out. Um, and, um, I lost, I, I actually like, I lost all the flexion in my foot. Um, and so you probably don't even realize how much your foot moves when you walk, but if your foot is like a block of wood, try, try walking normally. I, I can assure you it's, it's very difficult. Um, I, walked, I, I walked with a limp for the better part of six months. Um, and so that was one, just a, just a pure physical injury. Uh, another thing was that I'd been on uh, a prescription medication for a while. Um, for, at that point, I'd already been on it for nine years. And um, I realized it was causing me just like all sorts of side effects. Um, like emotional side effects, anxiety, low-grade depression, trouble sleeping, et cetera. Um, I also, at the, right at the same time, I, I was in the, out of all the jobs I had, I was in the, the worst one of all. I had a very difficult situation um, with, uh, with the boss of mine. So that was just like on top of everything else. It was just the constant uh, emotional stress of that, which just made everything else worse. Uh, and then, you know, on top of that, there was also, I, I was in a, a long, um, a long-term relationship at that point, which was, uh, which was coming to its end, um, which, which I, which I broke off right then, which was just more, um, you know, just more sort of emotional things to deal with. So, um, that was really, that was the catalyst, um, for, for, for a lot of this. Um, and that's when, 
yeah, like so I, I was just motivated um, to, yeah, really just to, to feel better. Although I, I had no idea like how deep this would go because initially it was like, okay, like my, like my leg is killing me. Like I'm walking with a limp. Okay, we need to fix this. That's, you know, it's a pretty obvious one. Um, you know, I had some, some side effects from, from this medication, which um, that, that one's a little bit trickier to deal with. But then it was like, once I started sorting out these problems, like I, I just, I realized that there was so much else to do to, uh, to optimize my health. Yeah, so um, that just kind of like, went down the, the rabbit hole back then. And uh, I'm still there. I'm still going going really deep into uh, all these things, health and wellness. And it, it's like, it's what I enjoy doing. It's what I do when I have free time. It, it's just like learn about more things, health and wellness related. Um, primarily just motivated, you know, for myself, like to feel better, look better, age better, all that stuff. And then now with the new business, um, obviously, you know, bringing that to to the world and, and bringing all those things to uh, to anyone that, that wants our help. I mean, obviously you're living it. You're like 43 going on 26. That's what I'm, that's what I'm going for. Yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> I'll be, I'll be, I'll be 20. Yeah. 43 right now. I'll be 26 next year, next March. That's the, that's yeah. the plan. <laughs> for our, for our audio only listeners, John is a good looking guy for in general, but definitely for his age and he's doing something right. Um, <laughs> and and he's basically defying he's basically defying what did I say you're defying your like family like genetics because you're like twice as tall as everybody twice as this twice as that um so yeah I'm the only one that has hair yeah uh, yeah that's yeah. a big one yeah I have hair and I'm and I'm tall those are those are two <laughs> two outliers yeah um as far as the as far as the different like health stuff because I know you're going at like really solid broad strokes because you dealt with like leg pain and and you know mental side effects and kind yeah. of a ton of stuff um yeah were, were there certain uh modalities or, or like how did you even begin mm -hmm. to unpack that in a way that um could potentially be helpful for for other people or do you feel like it was what you yeah. did is very specialized and specific to resolve those issues mm -hmm. that may not have um, but i mean both right so like obviously it was specialized to me but no but i, I think it could be very helpful to, to a lot of people um yeah i mean the the physical thing i mean that's um you know that is something again like that, that was a much more obvious problem right so like i was in constant pain so i had to figure that out and like really that was more than anything was just finding the right physical therapist right who could who could and which was not as easy as, as perhaps it should have been um, someone that can help me physically. <laughs> I mean, um, as uh, I went through like a few before I found the one that could actually help me. And um, as, as far as like the, the other stuff. So, I mean, the biggest thing, right? So just like with medications, I think a lot of people take medications and they have no idea um, what sort of side effects they're experiencing. And um, like, and it can be anything. And, and you know, like whether it's like, you know, people, if, if people are taking like, um, like antidepressants, like SSRIs, um, birth control pills. I mean, any number of other things. Um, yeah, I think a lot of people are, um, are, I guess I'll use experiencing or, or maybe even suffering, um, from their side effects, but they don't really know any different because they, they, they've been on these things so long. So, um, and that was my case. I was, I was on this thing for, for nine years. So, um, I think that one thing, I mean, and that was just, I mean, I, I just stopped taking it and then just started paying attention, um, started putting much greater awareness on my body and, um, and sort of, and, and how I felt. And then 
you know, from there, I mean, there are a couple of just very broad things, right? And, and this, I think, is applicable to anyone. And then I'll get a little bit more specific. But I just started paying a lot more attention to what I ate and drank. Um, you know, it, it was never like a, a huge focus of mine before, but just like finding out what foods work for me, what doesn't, you know, drinking less alcohol, that kind of thing. Um, and then there were some improvements there. And then like one of the biggest things I did, though, so I started seeing a, uh, like a, a naturopath in New York. And um, she did something which I, I didn't even buy into it in the beginning. She had something called applied kinesiology, which is basically uh, they expose you to different elements or different foods and then seeing how your body reacts and like what makes you strong, what makes you weak. And uh, again, at first, I didn't even really believe in it, although a good friend of mine recommended this practitioner to me. And um, she found I had pretty bad heavy metal toxicity. Um, specifically, it was aluminum, mercury, lead and thallium all four in that, in that order, in terms of severity. Um, probably the, the single biggest difference I ever noticed was once I cleared the aluminum. Um, that was, um, I, I noticed a significant difference just in terms of my cognition. Um, I just felt like I, I didn't really get brain fog as much. Cognition was clear. I felt like I was sharper, like I was um, better, better verbal fluency. Um, yeah, it was, a, it was a very noticeable difference. And um, yeah, and so we did it in that order. That's right, it was aluminum and mercury were the, were the two big ones. Um, but yeah, you, so that was, uh, did, yeah. How did you, how did you deal with the uh, aluminum or how did, what, so was it, how did that, how did you deal with that? Cause it's like, you probably weren't even aware that was a, a thing or you were consuming it. No, exposure, yeah. no, oh, wait, is, is your question, wait, how, like, how did it accumulate in my body or how did it, how did we uh, chelate it? How do we get it out? Both. Okay. Um, the, yeah, the exposure, I mean, it, it's hard to say, right. I mean, I think it, it was, um, it was exposed over a lifetime, right? Over, over decades. So that, that's very difficult to say, but like aluminum, I mean, for, like a lot of antiperspirants have aluminum in them, for example. Mm. I mean, I, I haven't used, I haven't used an antiperspirant now in decades, but I, I used to use it a ton. Like when I was like, this is my back when I was like 13 or 14. And I probably, you know, probably use them for a decade. Right. I mean, th those are, those are full of antiperspirants and like, and you're putting it in your armpits, like in an area where, um, where anything is absorbed topically very easily. So I think that's a, that's a, a very likely um, source. I mean, but you can get, I mean, there can be heavy metals. I mean, in, I mean, in, in your food supply, um, I mean, in your food supply, in the air, really like, like everywhere. I mean, we don't live, nobody lives. It doesn't matter who you are. You, you don't live in a totally pristine world. Right. So like we're, we're accumulating these toxins and, and like, yes, like our bodies, they are equipped to deal with a certain amount of, of toxic load, but not nearly the amount that we're exposed to. Um, over over a lifetime so that's why i think like these modalities are, are are very important and powerful and yeah and heavy metal detox was like that's what like really opened my eyes like, i was like oh my god because like because i just I, I felt so much better very quickly so what's the alternative to any perspirants because i use them just to like not fuck up my shirts so how are you okay. how are you doing that so yeah i'm like i'm like the king of natural products so I, I could I can just show you what I use, but yeah. So I, I found I have a good um, I have a, a really good natural deodorant that I use that I'm comfortable using. Yeah. Um, and uh, but yeah, like literally anything like anything from like toothpaste like toothpaste. I'm I'm a big anti fluoride person. I think fluoride is is really nasty stuff. Um, a, a lot of dentists probably I'd say the vast majority of dentists use fluoride. Um, a lot of toothpaste have fluoride. Probably most. Um, yeah, antiperspirants have aluminum. Um, there are plenty of, um, even things that are supposed to be healthy for your skin, like plenty of like face creams and whatnot, which have all sorts of gnarly stuff on it. So, um, just treat it. It's like anything that you're putting on your skin, it's being absorbed into your body. Right. So, uh, yeah, be, you want to be very cognizant.
Um, so and there's plan now, like there's plenty of options for, for all natural stuff. The fluoride, the fluoride thing is interesting. Cause whenever I look at, for, for example, I was looking up, uh, I was looking up like rapé, like the tobacco that, that you snort and, and what are the, what are the health benefits? What are the, what are the potential? I've, I've heard of, I've, I've heard of rapé. I've done it. I've done it maybe once or twice. Yeah, <laughs> for those that are listening um john's like the the again the og the rap the rap the rap, the rap, the rap hey, og um but and one thing that as soon as I, I got onto a website and it was like it said that it like decalcifies your pineal gland but, and then it, it referenced fluoride as like being one of the one of the things that calcifies it and as soon as i hear that like my avert I, I have a lot of aversion to Every time I read that kind of language, I'm like, this is some like woo-woo shit. Like, where's like the where's the science? Like, where, what what's the study? So I'm I'm curious about like the fluoride. Like, what what well, what science do you have? And and yeah, walk walk me through walk me through um, that. But I would so I guess conclusion. I have multiple answers to that. Um, okay, so um, so yeah, so my, my initial reaction too, like like when I when I when I first heard that um, someone say that, like oh it it decalcifies your pineal gland. Um, I didn't really, you know, I, I didn't um, buy into it all that much, although I was like, I was open to the, to the possibility that, that, you know, something was, was happening there. Um, I'm not, I don't pretend to be an expert, like on the, on the pineal and, and whatnot. Um, but I think an important point here, though, like when, when you ask for studies, um, I think a very important point is that the burden of proof is on the people that are introducing a foreign substance into the water supply. Um, it's like the, the burden of proof isn't on me or on anyone else to, to demonstrate um, that, um, that that like fluoride is, is causing damage, even though like there are like, I don't know about the pineal, um, there are studies like as far like fluoride can be toxic to other tissues, um, specifically uh, the brain and bones in particular. And there are actually some interesting, some actually really scary studies that it can affect IQ if um, like significant decreases in IQ for children that are exposed to heavy amounts of fluoride. Um, so but look, it's like any time you're introducing and and what I believe to be a waste product, um, fluoride, and like when you introduce it into municipal water supplies, it strikes me as as a grossly irresponsible thing to do, uh, unless you have an extremely good understanding of, of how it's going to affect people. Um, and so I, I think like the bias should be anytime you're, you're deviating so strongly from nature, and, and, and like the uh, the burden of proof should be uh, should be upon those who are introducing a new product, not those. We're trying to argue to take it out. Yeah, I, I, a thousand percent, a thousand percent agree um, with with that. Like on a, on a on a on a macro level, but then in terms of and just challenge you a little bit more on that would be in terms of just understanding what the what those implications are. Anytime that anytime that we're we're making a claim that that it's like a certain that there's like certain damages, is just trying to understand like what the actual science is. How how is the how's the impact is is where I'm coming. Yeah, from. I got you. Well, and it's funny though too because in 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 these things, right? Like, I, I'm gonna I'll take a small leap of faith here. Um, like, you're probably not going to dig into studies on um, on on fluoride and, and and how it affects whatever um, bone tissue, brain tissue, pineal, whatever. Um, given that maybe you would, but the thing is, is like that's just this is one issue out of what hundreds. Right, so like realistically, any one person, you are not going to aggressively dig into, uh, sort of dig into the literature, um, and so 
from there, it's like, you really do. I, I figured this out a while ago. You actually, and like, and there are smart people who disagree. Like I'm, I'm sure there's smart people that like inform people that would disagree with me on some of these things. I'm sure. Um, you really have to decide you do as much research um, really as, as you feel like, or like as much research as fits into your life kind of works for you. And then you really need to make a decision as, as, as to what you believe. Right. I mean, like th there are some, like, this isn't something so obvious as like the law of gravity where you don't really have the choice not to believe in it. Right. Um, with something like this, like this is um, it, it's, it's more nuanced. It's not as clear. Um, they're going like, not every study can be replicated. Um, there are going to be, you know, th there are going to be studies, um, you know, that, that either that, that demonstrate the opposite effect or attempt to, um, but you really, it's like, do as much research as, as you like, and then make your own decision. I mean, for me, this one is pretty clear um, for yeah. fluoride. Yeah. And um, yeah, go ahead. The other, yeah, the other thing is, yeah, I agree with the sentiment of what you're saying. Like these things can be really challenging. Not only, you know, we talk about the burden of, of proof, that's one aspect, but also the complexity of a lot of these things, right? It's sort of like trying to figure out like, but it mutates and whatever, like that may be like a tired example, but like to give you, to give you some complexity on the fluoride, like, cause I've gone back and forth on this um, through a lot of the stuff that I'm familiar with the IQ and all these other studies, I've probably seen similar things. You know, my, my deduction, and again, I'm, I'm, I'm not like glued to this, but this is just what I've come up with. Um, when I look at the nuance, I do think it is, I do think it has an anti-cavity component to it. So, so I do think it's good for your teeth to a degree. However, I think it serves no role whatsoever and to your point, a deleterious detrimental role in your actual system, in your actual body. So to put water, to put fluoride in the water, you're going to be consuming it in your body. I believe that is completely unnecessary and potentially damaging, but small amounts in the toothpaste, mostly in your mouth does seem to confer some anti-cavity. I don't, I don't want to debate this. It's not so much of like the debate. It's yeah. just all my, my, my only point is that things are so nuanced. It's like, well, it may be good for your teeth, but it's yeah. bad for your body. It may be bad for both. And like my only point is it's very hard for people to, to like make not only informed decisions, yeah. but also to dice out like the, the nuances of the, of these things, which is why it's, you know, it's an interesting time to be alive yeah. with, with dog. Yeah. Well, yeah. And then like, and I don't go out, I, I don't really try to convince anyone of anything just because I, I find it to be a, a huge waste of energy, but like, yeah, but for people who, um, <laughs> who like for people who ask, like, I'll, I'll sort of, I'll, I'll put my opinion out there. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Um, it could be that, um, that it helps you. I, I suspect that the, the benefit is, is pretty marginal. Um, as far as anti-cavities, um, I've never had a cavity for one. Um, I, I got a fluoride a long time ago. Uh, there's plenty of other things you can do. And I guess I would just leave it that like anything, whenever there's this much of a wild card, um, it makes absolutely no sense to, um, um, to, to, you know, to ingest what, whatever substance it is, but it's fluoride or, or something else when like, there's this much unknown, um, it just, it, it makes all the sense in the world to, to err on the side of caution is what I'd say. I, and that's something that's so true for any kind of pharmaceutical substance as well. I remember it reminds me, I used to take this, this ADHD medication called Stratera, took it for probably close to eight, eight years, seven, eight years. And mm -hmm. I had no idea what the side effects were going into it, but it felt okay. right. Like it felt like the, the medicine had the best um, balance and that helped me like okay. 
be social and not just like <laughs> crippled with anxiety, still be able to focus yeah. and get shit done. But then when mm -hmm. I was 16, I was doing a, I did a jumping, I did a flying jumping sidekick in, in Taekwondo where you run and then we have to hit a target. But then I landed on the side of my foot and it was just, it wasn't even like a, a steep jump. It was, might have maybe been like a, a two or three, two or three feet, feet jump. And mm -hmm. I broke like three bones in my foot. And then I okay. ended up reading after the fact, like two, three years later, that the side effect of, of this medication was reduced Oof. bone density. Oof. So I was just walking around yeah. like completely brittle and I had like no yeah. idea the entire right. time. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, and yeah, I've I never think, heard of a specific drug, but man, but yeah, it's, it's not terribly surprising. Yeah, a lot of these drugs have side effects people aren't aware of. Yeah, the pharmaceutical stuff, you gotta be, you gotta really, I, that's another thing we have in common, Scott. I didn't go eight years and I don't re even remember the name of it, but it was like a Ritalin like slash derivative of going on ADHD medication, which I never would have, you know, if I had, you know, my brain and understanding of the world now like i never would have agreed to it uh, the side effects are just not fun at all um, i didn't have brittle bones to my knowledge but basically turned me into a zombie and it's like all right well now i'm behaving as a zombie but i have no appetite and i am like a walking like you know just no, low energy apathetic and it's like okay these this is not i'd rather i'd rather get quote unquote in trouble in school and like have energy than just walk around like Right. like lobotomized and anyway the point is uh yeah you gotta you gotta be careful with the, the pharmaceuticals and you know we're not gonna be the first people to say um you know there's there's different conflicts of interest and profit motives and and this and that and and no you know they just they all have yeah they all said so it's just it's it's tough um so that's where i tend to kind of agree with john in general whether it's for it or not but i really do agree with like really take it as far as you can um with without just jumping to these things right because i think these short these quote-unquote shortcuts are not shortcuts right it's like the pharmaceutical and you know i don't know why you you got on maybe it helped for you and i know i do know people who have like a very low dose ssri that's very helpful for them i'm not saying like you know just completely throw the baby out the bathwater i just think you really should like kind of measure twice cut once when it comes to the dose and what you're what you're going to put into your body like try meditating for a year before yeah. you just jump to like some random pharmaceutical yeah and just a couple of things that just come to mind right so one it's like and i don't know i didn't know you when you were i don't know how old you were right um but like uh it sounds like you're pretty young when you first started taking this and like there was probably i'm just i'm guessing a little bit but like there's probably nothing wrong with you at all like you were probably just annoying yeah. to the teachers and like, but like that, that, that should be, that, that, that should be their problem, not yours. Like, it's not, right. you know, I mean, like the, the, the kids can the be, burden, the, bur the burden of dealing with like, annoyance is on the teacher. Not, not absolutely. Not. Absolutely. Says so one. And then like the whole, I'm, I'm not like SSR and like, I, I've, I've taken them not much, but like a little bit and it was a long time ago. Um, yeah. I mean, they, they can be helpful. I mean, but again, though, I, I think um, in most cases they're just, they're treating a symptom. Right, as 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 opposed to addressing whatever the uh, the root cause is, you know, of the person's anxiety, depression, whatever, is my point of view. Right. Yeah. So it's harder to deal with this this uh, the the core, the root. It's harder to deal with the root, um, which is what mm -hmm. I think Aya does, which is why I'm fascinated by it because I think Aya is one of the things that, um, yeah, which is short, which is short yeah. nomenclature, 
yeah, yeah, it gets to the root. So it's all about the root, man. That's that's really, um, that's yeah. Because otherwise, that's really, that's, you should with, rename your podcast yeah. to that. It's all it's all about the root. There you go. We've considered it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But it but it is a it's, it is one of my true north philosophies, right? Like, I mean, it's it's harder to do. It requires more investigative work. It requires more experimentation often. Yeah. But like, you're gonna yep. save yourself a lot of money and side effects. You know. Yep potentially so yeah yeah it takes a lot more patience the willingness to fail and and uh experimenting like that just that willingness to fail and then experiment it's like okay if this doesn't work like not getting emotionally attached to a particular outcome it's like so fucking important for and the faster that you go through that process the faster that you get to where it is that you want to go anything Mm -hmm. yeah like i'm sure john you've done like i've I'm guessing you've tried things that, that didn't work and, and I just try not to get hung up on it. Like ozone therapy, I still haven't done because to me, the, the science is like, I, I kind of wishy-washy in my opinion. But like, let's just say I tried that. It's like, maybe it helped, maybe it didn't. It's like, well, at least you're, at least you're taking steps and like you're collecting your yeah. own data. You know, some people die hard. Some people are die hard on, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, well, it's that's funny you mentioned ozone because I'm actually I'm getting some treatments tomorrow. Um, so ozone. So I'm actually I, I don't have a strong opinion on it. Um, it's been somewhat helpful. I get um, I have some inflammation in my hip joint, and so I've been um, getting some localized injections. It's helped a little, I would say. And then I got something else, which is called a, a ten pass ozone treatment, where they actually extract blood, they mix it with ozone, and then reintroduce it back into your body ten times. Um, it takes about forty five minutes. So it, it can help. I mean, it's antiviral, antimicrobial, antifungal. Um, it helps. It can help a lot with fatigue, which is what um, something that I still deal with sometimes. So I'm I'm kind of of the feel. I'm like the jury is kind of still out. Um, I've heard enough people that I whose opinions I respect talk highly of it. So like I am a believer in it. Um, but yeah, it's like it's not. These things aren't going to work the same for everybody. Um, and you know, it it could be like one person just happens to have a condition that. Um, let's say just for ozone, for example, that the ozone is very well suited for. Um, and then maybe another person doesn't. So I know someone actually, and one more thing on ozone, like someone actually just left me a voice note, maybe an hour before this podcast talking about how he's getting it done regularly for a condition that he has. And he's a huge believer that so is working really well. So it's, yeah, these, these things are very personal. I think more, more personal than, than most people realize. Yeah. And I always try to, I always try to get excited and believe in things when I do them, because then you're at least getting yeah. 50% of the way with, with placebo, you know? So I really try to like, I really try to like gear up my, my belief systems on anything I do. Cause it's like, well, even if it's like yeah. sugar water, I'm at least getting 50% of the way there basically guaranteed. Yeah. So totally. whatever you can do to like gear up and yeah. for you, if it's talking to people um, for you, it's talking to people that you respect. Yeah. Um, one other, this is just kind of a random thing, but back to a couple of things that I discovered that really helped for me. Right. So, um, I mentioned the heavy metal detox, like that was huge. The other thing I realized, um, is that, and a, this is true for a lot of men. And, and then the opposite is true for a lot of women. Um, a lot of men have very high levels of iron that accumulate in our blood. Um, and then there's actually a gene mutation. It, it's the most common gene mutation, um, for people of European background. It's called hemochromatosis. And um, all that means is that your body doesn't shed iron very well. Um, and then especially if you eat a lot of meat over the course of years, um, you're going to build up pretty high iron stores in your blood. And so what I, I noticed when it's actually funny before I even used to like, I'm giving blood next week. I do it about every four months. Um, 
some people in my family um, tested positive for hemochromatosis. I actually tested negative, although I think the test was wrong just because I have all the symptoms of it and people in my family have it. And that, that's another thing too. It's like, like tests aren't like, listen to your body. Like I, I'm trusting myself instead of the piece of paper that says I don't have it because um, I have the symptoms and, and I feel better. I noticed when I started getting more blood work, I'd get more blood drawn and they'd always want me to like, to, to like rest. And they're like, okay, you can rest as long as you want. I felt so much better as I was losing like large amounts of blood to blood work. And the same thing is true when I give, I literally, I want to run laps around the hospital after I, after I donate blood. I have so much more energy. I'm like, I'm, I'm excited to do it like next week. Like I, it's, I, I'm so much better. And it's cause like we, we get my iron levels down to, uh, yeah, to just like to a normal level. That's a big That's one. Amazing. That's amazing. And I think yeah, and I, a lot of guys have this, a lot of guys have this and they have no idea. Yeah. I got it. I got into this whole thing too. And I tried to donate blood, but the problem is I, I, I pass out at the sign of needles. Um, so last time I tried to donate blood didn't work. So I bring that up to say, if you, for whatever reason, choose not to donate blood, but you still kind of want to deal with this. Another way is just start using your cardiovascular system, start to do aerobic exercise. That'll, that'll burn up. I don't know specifically with, with that, with that, the hemochromatosis, but if you, if you kind of up your overall cardiovascular activity, that'll burn through some of your, some of your iron, which is kind of how I dealt with it and kept my levels at a, okay. at a moderate. You, know, you could also, what, whatever the, the phobia or whatever the, the deal is with the needles, like that's, that's I, and I, I believe you what you're saying, but like that that's something if you wanted to, you could absolutely address. Yeah, just get more tattoos, yeah, well, Brian. It's it's, it's it's on <laughs> solves all problems. It's it's on my never ending list of things to address, but it's I'll bump it three okay. notches up and we'll yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Fair yeah. Enough. No, I, no, it's fair. It's it is a rude thing that I can suss out one of one of many. Um. Yeah. Because it's created so in your you, head because it's it's not a real threat. Like, you know that, right? I mean, it's like, yeah. it's a little bit of discomfort, but that's the extent of the threat. So like, it's whatever it is, it's something you've created mentally. Dude, the, yeah, the Aya, the I, go, go into Aya with it. Dude, the Aya would sort that in a, in a ceremony. If that was your intent, if, if you really care, if you brought that into as like an intention, I, I swear, I bet you would sort it all out. Have you, you actually, I wanted to ask you, I wanted to ask you, have you had um, intention have you had correlations between like I like intentions going into Aya and kind of the results? Because from I have limited experience. I've done one Aya retreat, but my intentions were like it yeah. just it just like gave me the opposite. Basically, it's like oh, you want this? We're going to give you the opposite. Yeah, you, um, so I, I've done both. I, I've gone on. I've gone in, especially in the beginning. I I went in without any intention other than just like I felt like shit and I wanted to feel better. And so I was, and I'd like I'd heard maybe it could help. That was in the beginning. Um, so like, I didn't have any clear intentions other than just like, I knew something was off and, and I wanted help. Um, since then it, it depends. It just like, it really depends on how I'm feeling that day. Like sometimes there is like a particular question or thing that I want to explore and I'll go in strongly with that intention. Um, yeah, when, when I do that, I would say about half the time I, I get, um, sort of clarity on that issue. And then half the time it's just not addressed, you know? Um, and the other, um, the other half the time or so like I, I go in and I'm just um like I, I feels right like I want to be drinking the eye I, like I have the calling um but I don't feel the need to be super specific I mean there's always things on my mind but um I, I don't I don't think and my guess is everyone has a different philosophy on this but I mean my opinion it's really just whatever feels right to you 
And then, yeah. and like you get, I mean, the incredible thing with as trite as it sounds, like it really does give you what you need the most. So, um, so yeah, yeah, that's my that's my Scott. What's your opinion? Because I that's that what you what you just said is my opinion of it. Like your intention is almost irrelevant because it's just going to give you what you need. Is is my opinion of it? But Scott, what's your experience with that? I agree. It it really just does give you what you need, and and oftentimes it it'll just come come completely out of left field. Like you have no idea. Like this is what, uh, and then yeah. other times it'll give you exactly what it is that that you you ask for. So it really yep. depends. And I'm sure we have many, I'm sure John, and I'd love to hear what, what anecdotes do you have? Like when, an eye experiences um, to, to that effect. Oh man. I mean, I, it's, it's hard. And like the trips, like they really, they kind of run together for me. You know, it's like, it, it's hard for me to even differentiate, you know, like some of the trips um, or some of the retreats, even they all kind of blend, but I mean, there's just been so many things. Um, so I, one of the, it's funny for me though, the Aya, it, it's been, I think this is a little different than most people. So like the Aya for a lot of people is very visual, you know, um, you know, they have these trips, they close their eyes, you know, they're seeing spirits, they're seeing whatever people in their life from before, um, um, you know, didn't you talk to Kobe Bryant or something? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. I met Kobe. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. I mean, like... so. Right. So like people, um, there are, you know, people have these experiences. Right. And then, yeah, I have had nothing, nothing like that. I've, I've only had, I'd say like three or four trips that were intense, intensely visual. And then the rest of it for me has been, uh, largely energetic and like, it's really it, like it awoke. Um, it woke up all of the, all of this energy in my body. Uh, I just been just constantly just lost in my head. All of my energy was from the neck up. Um, it was leading to fatigue in the body and just overall, I mean, just kind of misery. I mean, like when all, cause you're, you're one, you're, you're just one system. And like when, when the energetic flow isn't there, that's a, that's a big problem. And so that, that's one thing. So like the eye, it definitely reconnected me uh, to my body more, restored that energetic flow. Um, and that actually, that still happens. And I think that's why I'm the only, I, I don't understand how you guys, like everyone just like sits down and, and they're whatever doing the trip. I just want to like move around, um, I'm, I'm usually the only one, but like, I, I, I want to be active. It's like, I'm, I'm like feeling like really in my body and it feels really good. So um, that's been just one takeaway. The other thing is, is like, you know, people have different types of energy and it, it's something that happens with, with ayahuasca is that, you know, everybody, I believe like everyone has their own unique, whatever you want to call it, like personality, spirit, essence, whatever. Right. And then the Aya definitely, it, it really like pushes, pushes you toward that, whatever it is. And then just one of like the core energies for me, it's like, it's that warrior energy, which is very strong. Um, and then like, so for me that um, it, it comes up pretty much every time in, in some way. And so the, one of the big lessons was just showing me that I had it, it was so repressed and just, and then allowing me to, um, to just like to feel that and express that. And then from there, the, uh, the lessons it's like okay now like how do we how do we manage that how do how do we manage that energy in a way really to, to create things that i want in my life so that those have been two two huge ones for me um i mean there, there's plenty more but like that's just that that's what comes to mind initially walk through, walk through your transformation john of, of the apathy that you were feeling prior to your ayahuasca experiences how it was manifesting itself in your in your life and then yeah you also shared, we've talked about this, we've talked about this offline where 
that David Hawking's concept of like transcending the levels of consciousness. Yeah. Whereas yeah. like the emotions like apathy, fear, guilt, shame are on one end and then love, joy, enlightenment are on the high yeah. end of the spectrum. And really yeah. just that, that gradient of emotions, the farther that you get to the upper end of the yeah. spectrum, just the more results and abundance that you feel and experience in your life. Like walk us through how Aya yeah. has impacted your, your transformation. Well, yeah. So like in, in my case, um, and actually for me, it goes back pretty far um, to, I mean, like all of us, we're all affected by the things that happened over the course of our lives. Right. And then I think for me, and, and one thing that I really helped me understand, and this is, I'm, I am answering your question. It's kind of a, a little bit longer way Please. to get there. Uh, it's yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> um, it's that like, so for me, the first time I kind of, I had my, my worldview shattered, you know, was when I was, I was 10. Um, and that's when, um, like everything was pretty much perfect before then. Um, you know, like loving family, um, everything that came pretty easily, school, sports, whatever, social stuff. And then all of a sudden what happened was I, I got appendicitis. It was misdiagnosed, um, and, uh, can't, you know, very nearly died. So that um, you know, I spent two weeks in the hospital and, and um, that's something that the ayahuasca spent a lot of time addressing because I, I had no idea kind of how deep that trauma ran. It's, it's something, I mean, I'm reminded of it every day. I have a scar in my stomach, but it never, it's never like bothered me. It's just something like I just see it every day and I, I don't really think about it consciously beyond that. But, um, but that went, that ran really deep um, because it was, you know, um, like I really like at age 10, I really feel like I sort of, I saw and tasted death you know, at that time. And that, that, I think that leaves a mark at, at any age, but at such a vulnerable age, I, I think even more so. So that was just kind of imprinted in my body. I actually, I remember the number of the ceremony. It was one of the coolest ceremonies I've ever had. It was number 33. I'll never forget it. And that's the one, that's when I closed the loop on that trauma. Ceremony 33. Um, and I had, I've had entire ceremonies that were dedicated to that, to the issue of what happened with my appendix. And like, I was already, I was most of the way there. Um, already and then it just it came up again and and actually i uh, and visually it helped me kind of kind of sort out that that whole episode but um so anyway so like that was something that was stored in me um that that affected me for really forever after that um and then although now and but now my, my point of view is so different like i love that that happened to me like i, I genuinely i fucking love it like um and so and the i and it showed me why and that and it, it comes back to the whole warrior thing. It's like, how do you create a warrior? Show them what it feels like to die. That's how you create it. Like that's why. And um, and they it gave me that um, yeah that energy that that I I I know I would not have otherwise. Um. Anyways, um. Where was I going with this? Your initial <laughs> and I said I wouldn't go too far off, but I, I was. Um, was it what apathy, was the exact transcend, apathy, apathy. That's it. From apathy that's to it. transcending yep. the levels of totally. consciousness to your Yeah, totally. So like I, I think like so I think that absolutely like starting at that episode, that absolutely sort of pushed me down on on that map of consciousness. I'm not, I'm not sure exactly where, but like I remember like up until pretty much always, up until age 10, like I was super high energy, just like joyous, like really at the highest level. And then that event was um was pretty earth shattering, right? Um then, you know, after that, it's like, you know, I had plenty of good things and bad, you know, quote unquote, bad things happen. We'll, we'll say difficult things happen as, as we all do. Um, and, uh, you know, they, they all leave their mark, the, both the good and the, and the bad in, in, or the good and the difficult, I'd rather say. Um, and um, 
really it was those issues that, that I was telling you about um, at the beginning of this uh, this podcast when you know I had a really bad physical injury, some health issues, um, difficult situation with the, very difficult with relationship, very difficult with the job. Just it felt like everything was just, was just going horribly wrong, and like even as I was, but and I was trying very hard at everything, and I'm like, okay, like I've, I'm failing at everything, despite trying very hard, and then. I remember at that point, I very briefly, I went into like a, a depressive episode, but I would argue in a healthy way. I mean, it, it's a natural response. Like when everything goes wrong, it's like, okay, you're going to be depressed. I think it, the problem arises when people become stuck in that state. That didn't happen with me. I mean, like I, I came out of it in, you know, um, in maybe a month or so. Um, so, but I, I did not get back anywhere near to kind of like a, a healthy state, a, health, a healthy operational state. Um, and I was just like, yeah, just apathy, which is actually, which is a dangerous place to be because you're fully functional. You're, you're fully functional. It's just like, you're not really getting much joy from, from, from anything. Or when you do, it just, it, you, you get brought down. Like I, I'd have mo and like, I'd have good days. Like I, it wasn't like, I, like every day I was miserable, not, not even close, but it, it's more, it's just like your baseline mood is, is relatively low. Um, you're all, you're vulnerable to getting pulled down even further. And then even if you got it, you kind of get pulled up briefly it's like it's very it's very short-lived and it comes back down and then the longer you live in one of these conditions it's like the more you just believe that's you that's who you are and that there's no other reality you know um so so yeah um i mean I, i'm not even sure i realized it. it it's um it's more like beginning with the aya and just like the work i've done since i started taking aya like I, I now operate in a very different place. I forget, I, I don't have that map of consciousness in front of me, but I think there's like love and then the two ones below, um, as, as I recall, um, we're the ones that read and I kind of like, I operate in, in that frequency right now, um, which I think, which is a- uh, Love, joy, and courage. Yeah, that sounds right. That sounds right. <laughs> or, the, or the willingness, optimism or something around there. Yeah. Acceptance. Yeah, well, yeah and, and they have like a, the like associated emotional states and whatnot, yeah. But um, yeah, it's right around there where I operate, which is obviously, which, which feels very, very different. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, like the Aya kind of, it's like, it kind of shatters your worldview. It shows you things that, um, that you didn't know were there. And then the way I describe it is like, it kind of, it, it, it kind of shows you the map or it kind of, it can kind of right the ship a little bit and then it's up to you to sail it, you know, where, where you want to go. But it like, but it, it gives you a very powerful glimpse of, of what's possible both for you and your life and, and just like the way you feel and the way you go about every day. So, um, so yeah, so for me, it was, uh, it, it was incredibly powerful, although it just felt like, and the reason I, I attacked it so hard, like I did, uh, yeah, as I've done 39 ceremonies in like a year and a half, uh, I did four retreats in a row. I remember I did four retreats. I took one off and then I did two more. Um, and, um, and, and it's because I just felt there was so much more to go, like that there was just a long way to go. And like every time, like I was just, I was feeling consistently better every time. So I was like, okay, I'm like, if this is what it's fine. I'm like, if, if, you know, and like I, as you know, can be very uncomfortable before you feel better. You oftentimes, you know, you get, go through an uncomfortable time, but I didn't, I, I could not have possibly cared less. I was like, if this is going to make me feel better at the end, I'll, you know, I'll do this a thousand times. Why not? You know? So um, that's why I just kept going back. And like, I really felt that calling, but it, it's so different, right? Like some people, I've had people that go to retreat and they're like, that was great. I'll, I will not do it again. That's totally fine. That's to, you know, like other people, they're like, yeah, that was good. Like maybe I'll be back in a year or two. That's great too. You know, it's like, it, it's so, it, it's so personal. Um, but yeah, but like, I, I was just pretty, I was, 
I think because I was stuck for so long in, in, in that, in that state, I think that's why it, it just, it took a lot for me to kind of, to really, you know, bring myself out. And then you're just like, give me all the Aya all the time. <laughs> all the, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, exactly. I'm going to start, well, I'm going to start doing, going to, going to start doing retreats just by myself. No one else is invited. Personal retreats. Straight, just drink all of it. Yeah. <laughs> none, none left for the rest of you guys. It's like hey, Jeff yeah, Bezos. I, we need to get this Amazon. We need to get Amazon Prime for I yeah. <laughs> one day, one, one day shipping. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think I wonder. I don't know if this really matters to you or whatnot, but I would just get curious about human psychology and 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 what drives people. Just knowing you a little bit, I wonder what percentage of it is just your overall like intense personality to where it's like you're going to push things pretty far. Yeah versus or, or coupled with rather you 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 were like a dried sponge and you got a drop of water and like every time it just became yeah. better and better and you're like why would i you're like why would i not i mean you're like it's like a vice yeah. it's like why would i not want to feel better and better and better and keep right. going after feeling shitty for so long and so long and so long so i think my my suspicion is like combination you may bias the the latter i don't i don't know you're gonna get to speak here in a, when i stop rambling but um it's so fascinating. I totally, I totally get on many levels why that makes sense to you. Like, why not just go back to feel better and better? Yeah, totally. Yeah. And it's, I think it's both. I mean, I have no idea that, you know, like what, in what proportion, but yeah, totally. I mean, it's more, it's just like, I got a glimpse, a very strong glimpse of like, of what was possible in terms of just how I feel day to day and like what's possible for my life. So I wanted more glimpses. I wanted more of that. Um, like I, I felt the visceral calling and then, yeah. And then like, I also just like personality. If like, if, if something is helping me or if like, I think something is useful or interesting or whatever, then like, I, I just like, I attack it, right? So that's, that's what I did. I just, you know, attack the IF. Yeah. Backed off a little bit. Backed off a little bit recently. Well, that's, well, that's, but, well, so know. I've, 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 I've read up, I want to get into it because I've read up on, um, Tucker Max had a really good blog post on, on MDMA assisted therapy. And he talks about mm -hmm. how the question is how many times do you do these things? You know, right. And so he said, borrowing from wherever he found it, the, the kind of answer for that is the MDMA will tell you when it's done with you. It'll tell you yeah. like when, when you've kind of reached your, your, yeah. your conclusion. So I was, I was curious, have you had any of that with I, or is it just, some people just think it's like infinite levels of Nirvana and heaven. So like, you know, it's kind of different ways of looking at it. I, I do think there can be with, with, I can't, I've never done MDMA. All right. So I, I can't really speak to that. Um, I think I actually read that blog post like years ago, by the way. Um, I think he did it in New York somewhere, as I remember. But um, but anyway, so we, yeah, with the eye, I, I do think there there is an infinite progression. Um, I also, I think there are times to dial it up and dial it down. Uh, the last time that I did it, I did two ceremonies last week, like two week, a weekend or two ago. Um, and that one, it was just way more muddled. Like I got the sort of energetic rush that I often get. Um, but messaging was super muddled. And I think that from where I'm at, you know, it's like, like, I kind of, I know for this moment, like, I know what I want to be focusing on what I quote unquote should be focusing on what my kind of like what my calling is at the moment. And, um, and the answer is to, is to dive into that. Right. Um, and then I think kind of once I've made more progress on that, then, you know, I, I think the, uh, the I will be uh, a very good outlier, um, or, outlier ally 
So, um, so yeah, that's where I'm at. So like right now I'm actually, I'm, I'm probably, there's a retreat later this year, um, in a couple of months. So like, I'm thinking about going to that one. Um, and I'm thinking about, we'll see, I'll, I'll just do it. I feel like I'm thinking about not doing it, you know, for the next couple of months, which would be the longest I've ever gone since I started by far. Yeah. Wow. I've gone through might... a similar experience where I did it a lot from August to March. I did it a yeah. total of 17 times from August to March of this year. Um, That's a lot and, too. Yeah. And I went, I had a similar phenomenon where it's like, okay, like I get it, I'm done. But now that I'm back in Medellin, I feel it. And there's a lot that there's a lot going on that I'm working through and trying to figure out, sort out. And it's now calling me again. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, and also like, like, like life will never stop throwing shit at you, good and bad. Right. So it's like, well, I don't, again, I don't like the word bad, like, you know, good and difficult. Um, and so it's like, yeah. So even like you could be in a great place, you know, and then, you know, maybe like there's like some new situation, you know, that, that you think that like that the AYA could, could assist you with. Right. Um, that could absolutely happen or, or just like, yeah, or just time, maybe nothing happens, but like you're just in like a little bit different place in your life, you know, and, and you think it could be a, a good ally for you again. That good and difficult is such a great reframe. <laughs> it yeah. reminds me what's this uh, back in March at the the last ayahuasca ceremony that I did at La Ceiba as as well, where we're talking about that of either you win or you learn. And then yeah. my friend, uh, my friend totally. Ari, Ari Ari joked around. It's like yeah, but winning is so much better. <laughs> well, yeah, right. So I mean, win win as yeah, much yeah. as you can. <laughs> I mean, fight, fight to win as much as you can, but. The rest is I'm yeah. Learning. The goal, the, the goal is to win, but you're gonna learn. Yeah. But, but you're gonna, <laughs> like, try to win, but you're gonna learn a lot. How many? Like, that's actually. How many, I mean, how many? Actually, yeah. How many games did Michael Jordan lose? Quite a few, right? I mean, yeah. yeah. But it, but it's also like this is the one thing that I really like. One of the things that I did for me is really cemented in this belief that these quote unquote difficult things that happen to us, like that is those learning opportunities, like that is where the real the real growth and you know that's kind of a cliche oh, yeah. thing to say but it's a cliche no, it's thing, fucking thing true. to say but if you yeah. but if you can actually you can actually identify with that like it relieves a lot of suffering because i spent a lot of less calories yep. thinking like why did this happen why did this happen to me yep. and more i, I totally. flipped those calories around i flipped those calories around towards okay this happened to me like i'm excited to see or i wonder how this is going to benefit my life yeah, um, and if you, can, if you can actually do, and that's what happened with with the eyes. It like it helps. That yep. was one of the billion, billion, billion yeah. benefits I got. To, to that, yeah, like a hundred percent. That's what I do, and like, and it's funny, and it's a. I suppose it's a reframe, although I don't even like really think of it that way. It's just kind of like it's like okay, like what what's the lesson here? What's the universe trying to show me? What can I do differently next time if there is a next time? You know. Um, like, how does this make me strong? This is making me stronger in some way, right? How, how so, right? What's, what's the proper move here? Well, whatever, whatever it is. But yeah, but like, I, and I, I just genuinely, it's funny, like initially I, I thought of it as kind of a reframe. And then now I'm just like, no, that's just, that's just how it is, you know? So, um, so yeah, just things aren't nearly as, as distressing anymore. Right. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's huge. Like if, if the more and more people can kind of get on board with that i just think it, it like not only is yeah. it a productive way to like figure out how you can learn from it but it also is just like if you can actually connect to that feeling 
that like, oh, like this kind of sucked. I didn't enjoy it, but I'm really curious how this is actually going to disturb me. And, and like, yeah. I get what you're saying in terms of the, I get what you're saying in terms of the reframe. Like it's so, it's so habituated in your brain that it's just like a default yeah. way of like handling it. You don't even need to yeah. like read the frame. You just, it's just like, this is how you handle these things. This is how you think about it. Of like, what well, yep. can you learn from it? It's, it's beautiful. You don't have so, to spend any more, any more time than necessary on getting upset or like you were saying, Brian, about yeah. like, why is this happening to me? And you can just immediately then shift to root cause analysis and figure out mm -hmm. what were the inputs that caused this and then how do I adjust those and fix them? Yep. Yeah, totally. So yeah, the, the IA played a, a big role in, uh, yeah, in, in, in showing me that, which was huge. And so the first, the stem cell, shifting back to like, root cause analysis and going going back to sorting out all of these those <laughs> health issues and the stem cell clinic sure. that you're launching the first yeah. the first treatments that you're doing what are they and then what yeah. are those what are the some of the things that they cause as as well as yeah talk walk walk us through the walk us through the science yeah no totally yeah so uh i mean stem cells can be used for for any number of things um we're actually we're starting with relatively simple treatments so for us, it's really three different kinds of treatments that we'll be doing in uh, initially. So those are joint treatments. So that's treating like any kind of, um, of issue in really any joint, you know, ankle, ankle, knee, shoulder, whatever it is, you know, people that have um, chronic pain, people in my case, like I got them done on my wrist, I'd broken my wrist twice, including, including once really badly playing lacrosse and it had to be reset. I had torn ligaments and chronic pain. So like, I remember this motion was, was always painful. For me. Um, so what stem cells can do, um, they are regenerative by nature, and they can differentiate into multiple different forms of tissue. Um, they can shut down inflammation, and they can also help regrow um, whatever tissue that, that you have. So um, yeah, so for me, I had chronic inflammation and soft tissue damage in the wrist and the stem cells, I got a 50 million cell treatment. That's a lot of cells in, um, in and especially in, in, in a small joint. And within about two weeks, it got rid of my wrist pain. So I'd say like with me, this wasn't like a life or death kind of thing. It wasn't like, oh, if I don't get this, you know, I'm going to be miserable. Not like that. But it's a, it was a meaningful um, improvement to my quality of life just to, just to get rid of my wrist pain, right? Um, you know, and um, we're doing one. So for the patient on Friday, he's actually getting, um, he's getting three treatments. He's getting two joint treatments, one in the knee, one in the shoulder. Um, just a lot of people have, you know, a, a lot of people, you know, whether it's like old, like sports injuries or, or whatever, like a lot of people have pain, I feel like in their, like the, the, um, the joints in their lower body are just wear and tear. And so he's getting a knee, a shoulder, and then he's getting a general, which is, uh, that's an IV. And so that's obviously the, the, the cells go into your bloodstream. It's systemic and the cells preferentially seek out inflammation and shut it down. Um, the, the third class, so that there's joints general, and then the third class of treatments is aesthetic. Um, which is uh, which is face and hair. So it's actually it's pretty interesting. So um, stem cells they're not great. Like if someone is like totally bald in terms of just regrowing hair from nothing, but in terms well, of um, totally, yeah. I knew you were gonna chime in. I I, I knew I knew. <laughs> no. um, but uh, there there are I other saw that coming there, there are other answers. Yeah yeah. There are other answers for that, um, but uh, but yeah, but it, it's very good at regenerating thinning hair, um, and then even so, it can be they can be used cosmetically for hair or for um, for facial treatments as well, um, repairing deep wrinkles, that kind of thing. 
So, um, so yeah, so th those are the, 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 the three kind of broad classes of treatments that we'll be offering in the beginning. And then later on, once we're more established, we'll be offering um, treatments that are, that are more complex, like people, um, spinal, like spine issues, spinal cord issues, things like that. But um, I, it's better to focus on the, the, the simpler treatments in the beginning, I feel. I feel pretty strongly about that, um, you know, before we, we dive into those other things. It's just like keeping it simple from a business standpoint or, or, or what led you to that conclusion? Well, it's a lot less risk. It's a lot less risk. Yeah, I mean, remember like, cause it's like, we're not, you know, like my last business was like e-commerce, like selling watches online, right? This is, um, mm. this is a, a lot more personal. I mean, this is right. I mean, this is like <laughs> pretty, pretty advanced med medical treatments um, that are a lot more expensive. Um, but that's, that's the least of it. I mean, just like we are, you know, we're like, we're really trying to transform, transform their health. And there's a lot of steps here, you know, from uh, like securing um, and transporting the stem cells, storing them all, all in a, in a very set way, administering them, um, you know, post-treatment care, the whole client journey, all of these things, like it, it's a pretty involved process. And so, um, yeah, in, in turn, I just, I think it would be a, a pretty bad idea just to, just to dive into everything you know, including these, these more complex treatments right from the beginning, but like that'll, that'll come when, when we're ready. Makes sense. The, the stem cells in general are, are fascinating to me. Uh, and I think, I think John, you're at like the perfect timing with this because <clears throat> like Tony Robbins, I think you guys know this, but whoever's listening, Tony Robbins just wrote a book called Life Force that basically blasted open the funnel on regenerative yeah. medicine, stem cells, all these things. And, and, uh, and the science and, and all that good, hard data and all that, like all that's coming along. As a matter of fact, coming on, on, a, on a flight that I was on two days ago, I was just happened to be sitting next to a physician who was looking at x-rays. And I was like, do you have an opinion on, he's a general surgeon. And I actually, my guess, my guess was that most, at this point in the, in the States, most doctors have kind of a like, oh, stem cells, like, we'll, we'll see, like, it, you know, maybe, maybe not, like, that, that's kind of what I thought my, the, like, temperature check was at, at this point, whatever, whatever date, you know, we air this, um, but I asked him, I was like, do you have an opinion on stem cells? He's like, oh, yeah, like, they're, they're really promising for neurological issues, for orthopedic issues, like the shoulder and knee that mm -hmm. you talk about, that's just a random general, general surgeon from the States that I that yeah. I was talking to. So I don't know. All I have to say is like an anecdotal evidence thing, but like I really think that the timing is is superb and this stuff is going to get really exciting really quickly. Yeah. Yeah, me, me too. Yeah. Especially because it's it's still not kosher in the US yet, as I understand. I'm not I'm not too up to speed on on the, yeah. the, the legislation. So, John, you could talk more about that. Yeah, yeah, totally. So, I mean, you can get stem cell treatments in the U.S. and, and Canada, um, but they're of a different type. So they'll use autologous stem cells from your own tissue. So like if, if you were to go to whatever, a clinic in New York or L.A. or wherever, um, what they would do is they would take uh, stem cells from your own tissue, either your adipose tissue, which is basically like a liposuction procedure where they remove some fat and then extract the, uh, the stem cells, or they take it from your bone marrow. Um, and actually, and, and the bone marrow is more, is more common there's actually some question about the legality of taking them from your adipose tissue, which is crazy because it's your, it's your own body and your own tissue. Um, so most clinics will, will take um, cells from the bone marrow. The, the issue with that um, is, well, a few things. One, it's invasive and painful, right? Um, number two, you're, just, you're limited by the number of cells that are present 
for extraction. And three, uh, the cells likely are not as efficacious, right? So like someone who's like 50 years old, who's got, you know, whatever, chronic back pain or chronic knee pain, um, those 50-year-old stem cells are probably uh, not as effective as, as the alternative, what you can do in, in Latin America, um, which is use stem cells from uh, umbilical cords or placental tissue. Um, yeah, so that's what we're using in, in, in our clinic. Um, provided, uh, yeah, so we partnered with some people that, um, yeah, that, that do a great job in terms of like sourcing the, the cords, um, cultivating the cells, and, um, you know, provided that that's done in a very safe and responsible way. The, uh, the, these umbilical cells are uh, far superior in that there's no, uh, you know, there's no painful procedure to extract the, the stem cells from your own tissue. You're not limited by the number of cells. Like I said, like I told you, I got 50 million right in, in my wrist. Uh, that would not have been anywhere near possible if they were extracting from, from my bone marrow. Maybe it would have been between five and 10 million cells. Um, and then lastly, the, uh, the umbilical cells are, are very likely more efficacious in, in, in what they do. So that's why you have a lot of people uh, actually like already a lot of MMA athletes and NFL players actually come to Latin America to get treatments. Like these are, these are like young guys, right? Who depend on their bodies for a living. And, um, and they're coming down to Latin America to get stem cell treatments uh, because you can get a better treatment here than they can back home. So, um, and, and that's really where our business is going to grow. I mean, we're going to market to some degree to, uh, to people in, in Medellin, um, probably mainly expats. But in terms of growing, it's, it's really, it's more of a, of a medical tourism aspect, you know, getting people from uh, the U.S. and Canada um, and um, getting them to Medellin, administering the treatment, um, and then working with them as needed or as desired on, uh, on a post-treatment basis. What's the clinic going to be called? And where, where are you setting up shop? Blue Phoenix is the name of it. Um, and I, I, I did not name it after, after Brian, Brian the Phoenix, even though it's a... Yeah. A nice nice tie-in um but um but yeah but uh blue blue phoenix uh, is the name of it and um it's uh we're gonna have a clinic in uh in Torre america in uh which maybe you're familiar you guys like it's uh it's uh, right next to tesoro mall they're the two medical towers oh fuck yeah nice and we're, we're gonna assume everyone's intimately familiar with the geography of medellin so it's gonna be yeah in have, exactly uh yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be, it's gonna be, it's gonna be in like the main squeeze of, of a big city in Colombia. <laughs> there you it's go. Basically, there you, you go. Know. <laughs> in the medical town, like super, super, super legit. Like a yeah, um, a nice space in a, in a very legit medical tower. So, people listening to this are gonna be like, "What's up with these guys? They're fucking obsessed with phoenix and dragons, <laughs> <laughs> mythical creatures." <laughs> like, yeah, that's, yeah. that's the Aya. That's definitely the Aya. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. And so John, favorite biohacks as well. What are what are you what are your go-tos? 13 okay. minute ice baths. Oh yeah. Well, so let me think about that. Um so like something I, I mentioned before, um uh if you can't, well, and everybody can, it just takes a bit of work. Um find out your um your heavy metal status. And then get, if, if you're toxic, get that shit out of you um, as, as quickly as you can. It, it'll take some digging to find the right doctor to work with on that, but, but they're out there. And for me, that made a, a very big difference. Um, that's number one. Um, yeah, number two, I mean, I don't know if there's a biohack, but it's, it's just something personal to me. I also mentioned it before. 
take a very hard look at um, at all the prescription medications that, that you're taking and like really pay attention to how they might be affecting you. They might be affecting you in a way that you don't realize. Um, another one, yeah, ice baths, um, which I've started doing. Um, those are huge. So they boost dopamine. Um, they boost dopamine. They help with mood. They help with sleep. Um, and then sleep has all sorts of, of cascading effects. Like if your sleep is better, you're going to feel better, have more energy, um, all, all these good things. Um, the effects for me last for about three days. So yeah, so, so concentrated cold exposure is, uh, is huge for me as well. Um, regular sun exposure. I, I feel like people are, are horribly confused about the sun. And so many people disagree with me on this, but they're, they're just wrong. Um, so the, <laughs> is that it's like everybody, it's like <laughs> they, they walk around and, and, and they're covered all the time. They're like, they're always fully clothed. And the, the only part of their body that's exposed to the sun is, is their face, which they cover in sunscreen every day. Um, it, I, I haven't, I've barely worn sunscreen in 20 years. And, and I have better skin than almost anybody my age. And, and like, and it's because like I get healthy sun exposure. I'm careful not to burn. I very rarely burn. And if I do, it's not even on my face. Um, but getting just like a little bit of healthy sun exposure, including other areas of your body when you can, um, I, I think is, is very important. We evolved with the sun. It's not the enemy. Yes, if you get too much, it can cause problems. Um, if you get too little, it also causes problems. So that's, um, that's a big one. And it's, you know, totally free. Like some of these things are free. You know, it's like, um, you know, get, get a bit of sun, not too much, you know, expose yourself to cold. If you don't have an ice bath, take a cold shower a few times a week. Um, it's not as strong, but it'll have a similar effect. Um, you know, I mean, and there's, I, I could go on. I mean, it's like, there's, there's more like stem cells are a hell of a fucking biohack, you know, that that's on the more, you're a little bit out, more out there and, and more expensive and, and whatnot. But like, that's probably the strongest, that's definitely the strongest thing that I know of. Um, and then there's other treatments, you know, like I mentioned, I'm doing ozone. I, I'm still on the fence about ozone, but I, I think it might have some promise. So it's like, there's so many things. And, and this is actually a good segue to something I was thinking about because for this clinic, right in the beginning, we are, we're a stem cell clinic, although that's never really, that's not how I see it. So like, I see it as a health and wellness company with a focus on longevity and anti-aging and then the flagship products in the beginning, maybe forever. I don't know. But the, the, the first product, the flagship product is, is stem cells. And then from there, we're going to branch out into, uh, into all kinds of different things. Some of them fairly advanced, other things less so. And then what I think is going to be huge though, is that we're going to have to um, invest a, a good amount in sort of in kind of in, in whether you call it like coaching or or guidance and my airpods are going to die so let me take these out yeah so then i think we're, we're going to invest in like in providing like some sort of like guidance or coaching with all of these things just because it's confusing as hell like some treatments like some people will just benefit much more from certain treatments than others everybody it's so personal like every case is unique and so like i think that could be something really cool that we offer and it's like whether they get stem cells or not you know they, they come to us and they just have like some kind of mystery issue and like, they don't, they don't know what it is, you know, like they don't know what the root cause is. And then, you know, like we throw two or three people kind of on the case and, and help, you know, help them figure out whatever that issue is and then get them whatever treatments that, that could be helpful. I think, I think that could be really cool. And that's because that's something it's like functional medicine, like identifying the root cause of things like it's absolutely the right way to do it in my opinion, but like it can be a long road and it can be very frustrating. So um, just because it, it takes a while to figure these things out. So like anything we can do to make that journey less painful and just, and shorter, I, I think would be fantastic. 
Awesome. Awesome. So we're coming up, we're coming up on, on 90, 90 minutes here. Okay. So biggest takeaways is get your heavy metals checked out. Mm-hmm. Don't be behind a screen for 16 hours a day. Get out of the basement. Lastly, move to Medellin. Get stem cells from John. Yes. And then at Blue Phoenix. And then and then after that, do some drink a cup or two of ayahuasca. There we go. And not Blue Phoenix, not to be confused with Brian the Phoenix. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Which is a common point of confusion. Well, that being said, everybody, take this information. You know what you should do with it is you should just fucking vamos. And with that being said, we're going to vamos on out of here. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next one. Cheers. See you guys. Now, with this episode at a close, let's fucking vamos on out of here.